Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for November 7th. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports underscore on Instagram, at ETOF21 Sports on TikTok, and at ETOF21 on Twitter. Speaking of TikTok, I posted a video saying, hey, ask me your fantasy football questions. Scotty, who was on the show in the past, you guys loved him. He's coming back. We're going to talk fantasy football, and I, I threw out there on every media platform, I was like, hey, if you guys have stark sick questions, and we got a ton of them, and we're going to go through all of them, ask. And I posted that on TikTok. So this guy posts, no, no, you're not holding yourself accountable for this vice, advice you're giving. And then this other guy posted something back, and these two guys basically just have a talk on my wall or whatever the hell it's called on TikTok basically ripping me, calling me a kid. First of all, I'm the furthest thing from a kid, okay? Let's get that straight. But moving on, I click on their names to kind of see, like, what they are. They are username 866655 or whatever, and then user blah, 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 blah. So it was obviously the same person who was just having a conversation back and forth ripping on me, which was kind of funny. Like, imagine you have that much time, you create two profiles, and then you just rip on a person for no reason. That's the haters that I constantly am dealing with. And it's kind of funny to me how when I when I say something right, okay, uh, for since April, my Tua takes, I've been getting nothing but ripped on. Tua in the game on Sunday looked like dog shit. Everything I said was right. Okay? Did one person say, hey, you're right? No, no, no. Not one person. I still get takes from people saying I'm wrong on Tua. How with your eyes can you see that what people said he was, he's not? That completely blows my mind. And if I'm wrong, I take responsibility. I post everything. Win or lose, I post everything. I have spreadsheets for every sport I bet on my website, at E-top, oh, my website, etop 21 sports And you're telling me I'm hiding stuff? Come on, guys. If you're going to come at me, I get it. That's fine. Haters are going to hate. People hate successful people. And I'm pretty successful at what I do. I've been able to win money doing fantasy sports, doing gambling, which is hard for people to accomplish. But I have my system, and my system works, and people are obviously jealous of it. But enough about that. You know, we have a great day about sports today. We got Breeders' Cup, loaded slate of college football. We have NFL tomorrow, NASCAR tomorrow, horse racing. Also, at etof21sports underscore horse underscore racing. I'm going to start to be posting more of my stuff there. I've been just so swamped with everything I have trying to go on, put stuff out, put out content, research games. I just haven't done a good enough job posting the horse racing stuff. The horse racing stuff is for free. I'm not charging for that, as all you guys know, but I will do a better job of posting that. That Yesterday, we hit a 5-2 to winner at the Breeders' Cup, a daily double that paid a little over 13-1, to and a 6-1 to over at Golden Gate. We are through the first leg of the early pick five at Breeders' Cup Saturday. So I will be posting stuff on that story, the ETOF21 sports underscore horse underscore racing story throughout the whole day. So let's jump into the show. Like I said, today we got a great show. Scotty from Fantasy Football Wishlist is coming on. Him and I are going to talk week nine. You guys sent in us a bunch of start sick questions. We're going to knock out those start sick questions. We'll give each of our little opinions on it, and as usual, I'm going to go through the Thursday night game. I am going to talk a little bit about Giannis and NBA and free agency. I know that everyone's caught up in NFL and college and everything right now, but there's some Giannis stuff going on on the web that I just want to put my two cents on. So let's jump right into it. The Thursday night game or lack of a game as is, the 49ers and the Packers. First of all, what were the 49ers doing? Honestly, it looked like they just basically were like, okay, we're out here, we really don't care. They looked ill-prepared, and I didn't like anything they were doing. 49ers could, couldn't stop the pass. Devontae Adams was running all over the place. Aaron Jones was lighting him up. Here's... This is, this is my thing. This is my thing with, with the game. And I'm going to look at it through the 49ers' perspective. 
You have the 49ers, who have a Kyle Shannon running system, who are a great running team. And the Packers are a team that struggles against the run. You have a backup quarterback in, in Nick Mullins, and you're without Kittle and without an exorbitant amount of wide receivers. But the majority of your offensive line, minus Trent Williams, is still intact. So that means your front, except for your left tackle, is still there. And you're a running team against a team that's poor against the run. And you have an explosive runner in Jamichael Hasties. But yet he's being out-touched by old man McKinnon, who has quote-unquote tired legs, and he wasn't playing for the last couple two games. He wouldn't have played at all if there were injuries. What the fuck? What is the explanation for that? What is Shanahan thinking? Part of being a a coach, manager, is you want to exploit the other team's weakness. The Packers' weakness is defending the run. You have one of the better running systems in the NFL, and you're not fucking doing that more, and you're not giving it to your most explosive player? What? What is that? I was completely wrong, read the game completely wrong, and I apologize. Like I said, I'll admit when I'm wrong. It's okay to be wrong. I am wrong sometimes. I am right sometimes. But anyone that knows me at the end of the day, I'm going to come out ahead and make money because I'll learn from my mistakes when I was wrong. So let me look at it. What did I learn from this Thursday night football game? I learned that you cannot trust anyone in the San Francisco 49ers backfield unless their name is Raheem Mostert. Kyle Shanahan's touches, rotations have made zero sense to me unless Mozart is back there. If Raheem is back there, then he's the RP1 and I can trust him to get the touches. But until Raheem is back there, back from his injury, I'm just completely wiping my hands clean of the San Francisco 49ers backfield for season long and in daily just because it's a pain in the ass. You don't know who's going to get touches. These beat writers do nothing. I want a beat writer that's going to tell me, hey, this is the game plan. And it pisses me off. I have a Twitter account. And on my Twitter account, I follow only beat writers. I have one of those user blah, blah, 4,552, whatever. And I follow beat writers from every fucking team. And I'm going through this right now. And not one beat writer is talking about how McKinnon is going to be the featured back on Thursday. What the fuck? I have this account to find to figure out shit, and the it's just not providing the data. So beat writers aren't doing their job. So that's one. That's another thing I learned, along with not being able to trust the 49ers' backfield. And then with these offensive people that are quote-unquote geniuses, the only rational thing I can come up with is that Shanahan decided he needed to get cute and try to outthink the room. If your run game is good, just just pound the fucking run. And the other thing I took away is Bosa should have won the MVP last year because he was able to get to the quarterback, and when he was able to get to the quarterback, it just forces the quarterback to speed through his progression. Him doing that made everyone on the defense better. So if I'm the 49ers... I just lock that dude up. I don't know his salary situation at all. I know he has that torn ACL and he's out for the year. But he by far is the key to that pass rush and the key to that defense. And without him, this defense is awful. It wasn't able to get to Rodgers at all. And when you allow one of the better quarterbacks ever just to sit back and pick a defense apart and take his time going us through his progression, that is what's going to happen. And lastly, 49ers can't play up. They're going to beat the teams they should beat, and lose to the better teams. That's just what they are right now until they get Bosa back. Packers. Packers are a hit-and-miss team. They, If they get down, the biggest fear is always Rodgers is going to quit. Rodgers has quit a couple games this year when they've gotten down, and he did it last year. The team still doesn't have a number two wide receiver. I know the law firm, MVS, went off and had a great game. But who besides Adams are you truly going to trust to move the change in that offense? Nobody. Aaron Jones is an explosive back, and he looks great when he's running, but I really don't trust the offensive line. I have the offensive line ranked toward the bottom half in my offensive line rankings, which I do every week. And then also you look at this defense. The defense 
besides Alexander, who really on the defense do you like? Alexander is a true shutdown cornerback and can lock a wide receiver out of the game. But they can't stop the run. And if you get a team, as Minnesota did, that opened stuff up with the run, they're really going to struggle to get off the field. So this Packers team, I know they're 6-2. and two. I know they're winning the North. But do you really trust them? I don't. For me, they're going to be pure fade material moving on. Because as I talked about before, there's certain teams that get bet just based on name recognition. And the Green Bay Packers are one of those teams. So I'm going to be continuing to bet against them because in my eyes, they're insanely overvalued. So that was it. That was my thoughts for the Thursday night game. Now let's move on to Giannis Antetokounmpo. So as you guys know, his contract's coming up. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? He allegedly had this big meeting where the owners of the Bucks committed to him that he's they're going to build a team, they'll go over the luxury tracks to try to win a championship. Giannis then agreed that he was going to sign the Supermax. But there's all these rumors. There's always all these Twitter rumors. So there was this person who, on Twitter, I've never heard of this person. I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to give them any street cloud. And they said that their quote-unquote source said that Miami is willing to trade Tyler Hero for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, number one. Every team is willing to trade anyone pretty much for Giannis. There's few guys... LeBron, AD, Irving, Katie, and probably Curry are probably the only guys that are quote-unquote untouchable for the Bucks to get in return for Giannis. So that story is nothing, is nothing groundbreaking, okay? But she's quoting her quote-unquote source. Then she goes on to state that the... Warriors would send Andrew Wiggins in a very tempting package with draft picks and a to-be-determined player. Well, what people forget in the NBA is that salaries have to match up. And if the Warriors don't trade Wiggins, A, they're going to be insanely over the luxury cap. They won't be able to afford anyone to play along Wiggins, Giannis, Clay, and Steph, they won't be able to field a team, and salaries need to match when you trade people. So that's why Wiggins is going to be included in the trade. Now, of course, they'll add some draft picks and a player to be determined later. And a player, she said. But all that stuff is like common knowledge. All these people do on Twitter is they say this outlandish stuff, and if it becomes true then they have street cred. If it doesn't become true, they just throw their alleged quote-unquote source under the bus and say they were they're fed bad intel. So this is why I can tell you guys about Giannis. Some of you guys know through life, through everything I've done in life, I have connections in certain leagues, certain organizations. Now, I'm not going to name names. I can say that I know two people that work for NBA teams in the front office. I sent both of them a text message. And both of them said basically the same thing to me. They have no idea where Giannis is going. And every team is offering a trade package to try to get him. You have one of the better players in the league, a two-time MVP. Of course anyone is going to be open to trade. It just is mind-blowing how this person can say that. It just blows my mind. Oh, and one of her other arguments was Giannis has a house in Miami. Okay. Well, I don't know if he does or doesn't. I Googled it. I couldn't find it. If he did or didn't. I asked that to my two friends that work in the NBA. Their reply, 95% of the league has a house in, in Miami or in Florida. Why? Because it's taxes. So... All these people do is just try to get, get street cred and try to be right and then try to get to Wojo or Sham level. If those two aren't tweeting it, I'll hate to break it to everybody. It's not true. 
until those two treat it just like in the NFL, until Schefter tweets it, I don't believe it. But I can tell you guys, from what I've talked to, my two guys, Giannis has no idea what he's doing. That He could stay. He could go. Right now, he's just enjoying his time with his family. I asked those two if they had to put money on it. Where would he go? <laughs> Both of them replied, I have no fucking clue. So that is my Giannis and my little NBA talk. <clears throat> so now I'd like to welcome back Scotty from Fantasy Football Wishlist. Scotty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Having a wonderful day. Uh, what's new in the What's new in the life? Um, I think we're starting a trend here, my man. Um, you, you're joining in on my family birthday celebrations. The uh, last time we did a um, podcast together was my daughter's second birthday, and now uh, we're doing another one, and uh, it's my twins' eighth birthday. So uh, I guess uh, every birthday we'll do a little podcast. Oh my God, you have twins. Dude, I have three kids, man. Uh, this is my break. I get to get to talk for an hour. This is nice. I have twins. I have three kids. Oh, wow. Busy. Married with three kids, my man. So wow. football is what I live for. And I'm barely holding but it. Other than family, of course. I apologize. No, my family comes first, but uh, football is my break. And I'm barely holding it together with a girlfriend. I'm in the doghouse because I had her last fucking Pop-Tart. <laughs> Did you toast it, though? I mean... I did go with the toast because it was chocolate on chocolate. I mean, one of the underrated favorites. And lesson learned. You can't go wrong. I guess you're going to have to get some flowers later. Lesson learned. Do not take the girl's last (laughs) Pop-Tart. Lesson has been learned. And make sure you clean the crumbs. You know what? I'm I'm kind of a closet neat neat freak, so that that wasn't an issue. So kind of a closet. So let's jump right into it. We're... um, we're basically. Oh, before I do that, you 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 have a giveaway going on. Tell us about the giveaway on your page, guys. I'm giving away a Kobe Bryant rookie card. No joke. It's in good condition. And um, in addition to that, to give you some luck, because we I am a fantasy football page, uh, I am also giving away an Andrew Luck rookie card. So not only is it a Kobe Bryant rookie card, you're also getting an Andrew Luck rookie card. All you have to do is basically like the post, follow me, and if you get three tags, people that you tag in my comments, if three of them follow me, you get put into a raffle, and uh, on Sunday I'm going to be giving away those uh, two cards, and that's a Kobe Bryant rookie. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, so if you guys have it entered, make sure you entered it. I mean, hell, I even entered it. Absolutely, <laughs> my man. Good luck. Um, so we're basically at the half point of the season, so we're going to talk about people that have disappointed us and people that have surprised us. In terms of disappointment, what are what's a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end that have disappointed you? All right. Well, um, I mean, if you gave up a first or second round pick, I'm putting Lamar Jackson as a, a disappointment at quarterback. He is putting numbers up for you, um, but he's not putting up the numbers that you drafted him for. So if we're talking about disappointments, um, for the value you picked him at, it's a disappointing numbers that he's putting up, especially last week, throwing four interceptions. And, I mean, he makes it up for his legs, but I, I'm considering Lamar Jackson as a disappointment because you picked him as a first-rounder. That just goes back to the point, don't chase. I mean, we all seem to get caught up in what happened last year. And, I mean, I completely agree with you. I just pulled it up. Lamar Jackson right now is quarterback 14. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's behind Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Herbert, Carson Wentz, Joe Burrow. I mean, I I totally agree with you. That's the guy I picked, too. Eric, I'm sorry to cut you off. And as I mentioned last time, and when I draft teams, I always wait on quarterbacks. The number one quarterback the previous year, I said this the last time when I was on the podcast, the number one quarterback that leads the league last year in fantasy is not in the top five next season yep. since Peyton Manning in like 2000, 20 years ago. So don't, don't get caught up in the hype and you nailed it, man. People usually like what they see, that's what they're going to pick. Pick what you're going to predict, not what they already did. Exactly, exactly. And what are two running backs that have disappointed you? Disappointing is more of the coaching, and I know you like it the same as me. Um, Jonathan Taylor is disappointing because um, I had a lot of hype on him 
um, he is averaging over four yards per carry. So, I mean, if he was given the opportunity, he would be a, a stud running back. But it's disappointing because he's not given that opportunity and he's not becoming the three-down workhorse back we all want him to be. So I, I label him as a disappointing running back. I, I agree with you. I'm going to go someplace else. I tried to warn everybody. I told everyone not to draft Kyle Edwards-Alaire, especially in the first round. Granted, I know he is the 11th highest scoring running back, but if you take out the two games against the Texans and the um, the Bills, he really hasn't done anything. And what does he have, two touchdowns this year? You nailed that on the head, man. So, once, he, once he's in the, uh, the red zone, he doesn't move. Exactly. So if you're in a a non PPR format, I mean that's just a that that's been a wasted first round pick. Is there another running back that has disappointed you? Uh, if you're in the first round, you dealt with. Um, I'm going to just speak of injuries: Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders. I mean, the list is extraordinary. Um, the disappointment is the injuries. Um, you're using a first-round draft pick on these guys, and um, they're not performing because they're not on the field. I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake. I really thought oh. the second half of the season, the cards started to filter the offense through him more, and it was a it was a great offense. And I thought that trend would continue. I thought their offensive line improved a little bit. Not that much, just a little bit. But he's looked flat this year. Let me tell you something, Eric. I didn't put him on my list, and I don't mean I hate bragging. I, um, I want people to like me for the personality on the page. But to tap myself on the back, I had Kenyon Drake before the years of bust. I, okay. I, I did not. I was not a believer in him. Um, what he's doing is what I expected personally, and um, you, you did nail it. It went over my head. Um, that's a great point on your end. But um, I, I didn't believe in Drake before the draft. I, I, I really. Um, Edmonds, though, is a guy to uh, yeah, he's put the, in your lineups. Yeah. And it makes you kind of think about Drake. Like, what is this, the second? He was with the Dolphins, and there's two coaching staffs in Miami, and both of them kind of flaked out on him. It makes you think that it's the, the issues with him and not the system. 100%. you got to pay attention to the coaching and how they handle players as well. I focus on that just as you do. I know you do. Now, let's look at wide receivers. Are there two wide receivers that have disappointed you this year? You know, I just tapped myself on the back, and I'm going to now bring myself back down. I was uh, huge before the draft on Cooper Cup. I thought he was going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. And uh, so far in the first half of the season, Cooper Cup has been uh, not performing well. Not, not the receiver I thought he was going to be. So he's disappointing for me. You know, I was high on OBJ, and the reason I was high on OBJ is because they have the Giants the week of championship season loss. So that's why I was really high on OBJ. I was like, you can get this guy in the fourth round. Safansky is going to use the play action more. Mayfield's going to stretch the field. But, I mean, between the injury and the Browns being the Browns in terms of not trusting Mayfield, which I get because Mayfield, I wasn't high on him when he came out, and he's actually kind of worse than what, what I thought he was going to be. But, yeah, I'm totally – what I expected from OBJ and the Browns, I, I didn't get it all. Well, I got I got to say, too, Baker Mayfield, I thought he was going to turn it around a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God. No, absolutely not. And um, that's a good point on your end. Now, is there another – Wide receiver that has disappointed you? Marquise Brown on the Ravens. I um, Honestly, I wasn't so high before the season started on Andrews, the tight end. Mm-hmm. I thought Marquise Brown was going to step up and become an elite receiver this year. But no, he's, he's not making a name for himself as I thought he would be, not putting up the numbers that fantasy owners would want from him. Mine, you know, he's... I was a little... Now, don't get me wrong. The situation he's in is kind of warranting where he is right now. But I, I thought scary Terry McLaurin could have be a top 20, top 20 uh, fantasy, no, excuse me, top 10 fantasy wideout this year. And he's performing well under where I expected him. But with your boys and nothing against Washington, I know they're your team, but McLaren and Gibson are the only two people on the team I feel that when they get the ball, they don't just... 
fall over. They're the only two athletic guys you guys have, and I just don't feel they're getting in the ball enough. Uh, oh, Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Yeah, Scary Terry? I, honestly, I think he is performing a top 10 wide receiver, and the targets are there. And um, I think he's leading the league with um, air yards. So um, Yeah, he's only at 21. My Because, um, like you, I did some bold predictions. I said he was right, going right. to be a top, top 10 producer, and he's at 21 right now. If McLaurin had a better quarterback, I would... Uh, I would love to put him in the top 10 there. Now, let's shift to tight end. Now, is there a tight end that has disappointed you this year? Just looking for one. Evan Ingram. The guy can't catch a ball. He, he, I thought he was going to be top five tight end this season. Um, of course, behind the elite of uh, Kelsey and Kittle. Um, he hasn't been performing, and he's outside the top 10 in tight ends. And it's just, it, The whole entire tight as I mentioned to you, the whole tight end position is a uh, is a waste this year, other than the top tier. Yeah, Ingram's all the way down at 19. I had Ingram. I did a post on Ingram way back when during the lockdown, and I thought he was going to be a top five guy just because of Garrett's history of targeting the tight end. But he's 100% been. And, he had that history with Witten. So you're thinking that Witt, you have a more athletic tight end. So I uh, put my chips in on Ingram, and uh, I went all in. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the poker game rather than playing in it. But unlike you, because I do like to brag when I'm right, I'm totally going to do a victory lap about Mike Gusecki. I told everyone not to draft him just because of Gailey's history of the tight end usage. Scott Chandler was the only one that put up numbers in the system. I told everyone not to draft him, and he is at he is at tight end 15, averaging a disappointing 5.8. I saw some people hyping him as a top five tight end this year. I actually... I agree with you, and later on when we're talking about tight ends, I actually uh, was going to mention to drop him because he's not even worth being on your roster. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Now, let's do the flip because with the positive is the, with the negative is the positive. Excuse me. What is the quarterback that has surprised you the most? We're talking about victory laps, right? Yeah, we're talking about victory laps. Uh, I said Kyler Murray was going to have a better year than Lamar Jackson. And right now in the first half of the season, uh, it looks that way. And um, I understand he's not going to get a rushing touchdown every game. He's not going to keep the streak going. But uh, Kyler Murray, even though his accuracy is a little shaky, he makes up for it with the legs. Um, I I got him as a stud this year. And for like a bonus, um, uh, Herbert is a number one starter right now. He should be number one in your lineups. Uh, No questions asked. He's putting numbers up over 20 fantasy points a week, weekly. Uh, you got to keep Herbert in your lineup, and he's been a surprise this year, uh, a good surprise. So if you were lucky enough, which I mentioned in my Tuesday pickups, you should have picked up Herbert weeks ago. And if you did, you you, you hit the jackpot. I'm going to do a victory lap because I posted how Russell Wilson was going to be the top scoring tight Cop scoring quarterback, and so far, he is averaging 30.29 points a game. That's four more points than Patrick Mahomes, who's in second place. So I'm going to take a victory lap about that. I totally hit that one in the head, so that I'm, I'm going to be doing cartwheels there. Eric, we're going to be exhausted by the end of this podcast, because <laughs> apparently we're going to be doing a lot of victory laps. Hey, but it's all... That's a mileage. It's always good to tell... It's, I, get, I don't know what your inbox is like. But people perceive me as a dick, and probably rightfully so, because I am kind of dicky now and then. But when I say something, I get sandblasted for how big of an idiot I am. But when it turns out to be right, no one says anything to me. Uh, Eric, look at my post when I said last week D.K. Dobbins was going to break out versus the Steelers. People laughed at me. Oh, I know. I know. He was number three in rankings last week. So, but that's the thing. Let them ignore you. But that's the thing, like, you and I, we put it out there. And you know what? We're going to be wrong sometimes, but we're going to be right more than we're wrong. And you have all these people that, oh, I'm not saying anything, but I knew that was going to happen. F those people. You know what I mean? If you guys are so confident, Scotty and I put a post out so everyone could see it. And what are we, right? Like 75, 65% of the time? I would, I would give it over 70% for sure. Yeah. And whoever is listening, we are wrong sometimes. So most of the time we're right. And we're saying things that other people aren't. Yeah. Um, I said J- last week, that's an example. J.K. Dominance has done nothing since week one. 
And I threw out there, J.K. Dobbins is going to break out because Mark Ingram's hurt. I, I saw what the coaching staff was doing with J.K. Dobbins during the week. I said, if he's going to break out and make a name for himself, it's going to be this week. And I like J.K. Dobbins before the season started. This is going to be this week. And I called it. And um, there's other things on my page that you will see that I call before it happens. Yeah. It's very easy when Chase Claypool puts up 40 fantasy points up to just say Chase Claypool's good. I yeah. want you to tell me Chase Claypool's good before he puts up that Yeah, before number. it happens. And that's the thing. Like You and I both have processes. And I trust my process. You trust your process. It may not happen right away. Example, I think Cam Akers is good. I think he's going to have a huge season. I mean, the second game of the year, he was getting the majority of the the carries. He happens to get hurt. And now Daryl Henderson has been thrust in that role. I have people blowing me up. Well, what about Akers? What about Akers? All I got to say is let's see what happens after the bye week. Because they're not going to waste a second-round pick on a running back when they already had one if they're not going to use him. But we're, we're drifting off subject. Let's circle back. What are two running backs that have surprised you this year? Two running backs that surprised me? Um, I'm going to go with Gurley. I mean, I know I, I, we're talking about the first half of the season. Correct. second half of the season is different. I, I, I wouldn't hold on to Gurley for the second half of the season. But the first half of the season... Curly's getting the end zone all the time, and he's putting up numbers, and people were, uh, you know, were uncertain about him. There are people that like Gurley. There are people that don't like Gurley. But um, Gurley's putting up numbers. He's scoring a lot, and he is on a shitty team this year. I don't know if I can curse, but he's on a bad team this year, um, and he is a, a light spot other than Calvin Ridley on that team. The, I agree with you, but I'm going to go in a place where a lot of people had this guy high. I was really low on Derrick Henry this year, just for the simple fact that he's a zero was a zero factor in the pass catching game, and he really needs to score touchdowns to remain fantasy relevant. I felt the offensive line took a step backwards, but he's at nineteen points a game. That for third for third for third best, he's way performing way above where I thought he would be. One hundred percent, and he started off slow. Uh last year, and I was with you. I wasn't high on Derrick Henry. He was outside my top five uh, running backs, and um, he's shutting me up pretty good. Where uh, is there someone else that has surprised you this year? Uh, you know what? Um, the holdout scared me with Dalvin Cook. Um, his injury history, I hope not a lot of people listen to the fantasy football counselor because he hates Dalvin Cook. Um, I like Dalvin Cook, but with the holdout and... Um, a lot of question marks before the draft. Uh, people were like not putting him in the top five, but he is. He's putting up uh, top numbers with Alvin Kamara as uh, top running backs this year. Now, when I do this list, the person I need to look at is James Robinson. I mean, you have an undrafted rookie playing on the worst team, arguably the worst offensive line, and he's out there at RB5 right now. And where were you able to get him? You were able to get him super super low in these drafts so undrafted undrafted well, he, I, I personally i had no idea who he was until he, he got on the scene because uh, people were picking once fournette left people were picking up chris thompson and mm-hmm. um i think his name is ozigbo uh, yeah i can't pronounce that guy's name either i can't that, pronounce his name but he was also mentioned i i was unfamiliar with james robinson and he's clearly like you said he, he's putting up numbers for the jaguars and uh Kudos to you, my man. What um, in terms of wide receivers? Who um, you like? I am married, and I do have three kids. But um, my man crush is uh, DK Metcalf. Um, I just made a post today, and I I was uncertain last last time we were on the podcast comparing him to Calvin Johnson. I think it was too soon. I'm comparing him to Calvin Johnson. I'm comparing him to Julio Jones. This guy is a mismatch nightmare. And next year in drafts, he's going to go in the first round. I have him just behind Devontae Adams as wide receiver two in fantasy football. I want DK Metcalf. The guy's a beast. Oh, he is a stud. A stud. And I completely agree with you. I posted he was going to be a top five fantasy wideout. And right now he's at number one. I mean, 15.4. Fantasy points a game, that's hard to top. And he's, he's improved. Instead of being a body catcher like he was in college, 
he is now a hands catcher. So you can tell he takes the coaching and he'll put the work in. Is there another wide receiver that has impressed you? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. But also when fantasy people are looking for wide receivers to draft, I look for I'm going by back to Metcalf real quick. He's bigger than everybody that's guarding him. He's just as fast as everybody that's guarding him. And he's has a great quarterback who trusts him. And that's what you want. He's going to uh, take down all the contested catches that are tough. And Metcalf is just an absolute stud. And, um, again, I want to do another victory lap for my wide receiver, too, here. Um, I made a YouTube video uh, in the summer, and this was before mock drafts were even happening. I had DK Metcalf in, in uh, one of the top five wide receivers to look at. And my number two, Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I said that Calvin Ridley was going to surpass Julio Jones. Another thing, Eric, where people laugh at you and they ignore you and they think you're stupid for saying Calvin Ridley's going to outdo Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and uh, he's doing so. Yeah, he's he's being great. I mean, he is. I wasn't as high in him, so, I mean, I'll give you props where props was due, but I wasn't as high in him as others, namely you. I My other one is Adam Thielen. I really thought that they were going to move him to the outside and have Jefferson play the slot, but he stayed in the slot and he's been able to take advantage of playing against the slot cornerbacks and the weaker coverage. And it was really telling to me how Alexander from the Packers shadowed Justin Jefferson and not Adam Thielen last week. Yeah. So that basically tells me anytime there's a shutdown corner, Thielen's the guy in DFS you want to you want to play just because Jefferson's going to be a zero factor. 100%. That's a great point. I love Adam Thielen. Now, let's talk about tight ends. What's the tight end that has surprised you the most? You ready for this, man? I'm going to pat you on the back. Um, Hawkinson. Hawkinson Ooh. has been reliable, and now that Kenny Galladay's hurt, the guy's going to put up numbers. Um, every week he puts up numbers. Hopefully Stafford uh, is healthy for this week. I'm not sure with his uh, injury status, but um, TJ Hawkinson... Um, has surprised me by being, he's a top five tight end. Uh, Stafford's test came back negative yesterday. So if he gets through the one today, which I'm sure he probably will, just because all his tests so far have been negative, he's going to be good to go. So I think okay. Stafford's going to be playing this week. Mine, and this is probably going to shock people, I never expect people to duplicate stuff. But Travis Kelsey, right now Travis Kelsey has 95 points in terms of fantasy production. That right there would be wide receiver five, which is insane to me that he's putting up that much, that many numbers. And it just shows you that you don't need to stretch. You could have got Kelsey at the end of the second round. You know, if you're getting wide receiver five at the end of the second round, I mean, that's a pretty good value in season one. Oh, absolutely. People were asking me um, questions on my DMs, asking, who do I take, Kelsey or Kittle? And they're both elite, and if you're going to... How I was deciding it was what you said at the beginning. I didn't think Kelsey was going to duplicate what he did, so I I said with Debo Samuel not missing the first couple games, lean towards Kittle Mm -hmm. um, because of um, his opportunity. Um, Not that either pick is bad, but lean towards Kittle, his opportunity, and I don't think Kelsey's going to duplicate. And you, you hit it, my man. He did. And he, he, he is proving he's the number one tight end in the league. By a mile. mile. <laughs> By a mile. So let's jump into week nine here. Let's hear, what are your three quarterback, top three quarterbacks this week? All right, well, we'll start off with Herbert against the Raiders. Uh, if you have Herbert on your team, he's starting every week. Um, He's uh, locked in as a number one right now in the Raiders uh, before the Cleveland Brown game last week with the snow. Um, allowed 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns in the previous three games to quarterbacks. So Herbert's a good pick there. Um, then I'm going to go with uh, Big Ben versus Dallas. Um, I basically think the Steelers are just going to put up over 30 points against Dallas. They're, they're a dismantled team. Um, do I believe the defense and the running game for Pittsburgh is going to take over? Yes. But if you're going to score over 30 points, that means Big Ben is going to at least throw for two touchdowns, 250 yards. And um, if you have bye week problems, uh, Big Ben is a start this week. And um, 
Third, I'm going with uh, actually Drew Locke versus Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's awful, and they're giving up the number two fantasy points against quarterbacks. I love Drew Locke. I, I think he's going to be huge once he gets an understanding of the Pat Shermer system. I think him not having the training camp really hurt him. Is there any quarterbacks that you're looking to avoid this week? Um, I'm going to go uh, Rivers versus the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens have held quarterbacks in the last three games to under 215 yards. Actually, Cam Newton versus the Jets. New York Jets are um, a horrible football team, but I live in the New York area, so they're on TV. Their defense plays tough, and um, they're on the field all the time, but their defense plays tough, and Cam, um, without Edelman, is question, uh, question marks at wide receiver. Um, I would bench Cam this week, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater versus Kansas City. You got Christian McCaffrey coming back. Um, Kansas City allowed only two quarterbacks to throw for multiple touchdowns. So um, I, I would sit Bridgewater, Rivers, and Cam this week. Okay, now let's shift our attention to running backs. Who are your top three running backs this week? I'm going to ask you a question. It should be, I'm not going to try to throw you off. It should be an easy one. When you go against Tampa Bay, if you're a defensive coordinator versus the Buccaneers this week, who are two players you're looking at? as a defensive coordinator, to stop on the Buccaneers' offense. On the Buccaneers' offense, I am going to be stopping Mike Evans. And is Godwin playing? Godwin, but you got Antonio Brown coming out. But, I mean, the way I look at stuff, and this is just me, is Brown has been out of the game for so long. Right. I would, if I was a defensive coordinator, now granted, I'm cocky enough where I boast I can call a better offense and defensive play sitting on my office than any coach on the sidelines, but I would I would try to stop Evans and Godwin, the, just the way my head works. And that worked to what I wanted you to say. No one is, everyone is looking at the wide receivers. You say Evans, Godwin, which are great choices because they're great receivers. You're adding in Antonio Brown, they got Gronkowski. Leonard Fournette is a pick on my running backs right now because everybody's going to be focused on the wide receivers. Uh, Fournette had nine receptions in the last two games, um, and he was fed the ball, I think, 15 carries last week. Um, I think um, the offense is going to open up a little bit for him. Uh, people are forgetting he was a workhorse, and um, I'm not surprised, even though Ronald Jones um, filled in great, I think Fournette, uh, it's going to be his time now to um, – He's going to get in the end zone this week. He's definitely the RB1 there. There's no From everything I've seen, he's definitely the RB1 there, no doubt. Fournette's going to be the boy and push Ronald Jones out this week. I'd start Fournette this week versus the Saints. Also, I'm going with Philip Lindsay versus Atlanta. Phil Lindsay's actually outperforming Melvin Gordon, which I said in previous posts. He's rushing for a 6.9 yards per carry. Um, he's going to get plenty of work for the Falcons, and that, that would be my second running back this week. Um, you have your obvious choices in Edmonds, James Conner, and David Johnson versus the Jags, but I'm also going to go with uh, go with Dol- Dobbins versus the Colts. You got Mark Ingram out again. Uh, Dobbins got over 65% of the carries last week, and um, I'm going to give Dobbins another shot this week. Prove oh. me right. Okay. All right. Who, who are you looking to avoid in terms of RBs? Um, Johnson Taylor versus Baltimore. I'm not sure how his ankle injury is. Um, I wouldn't get on the Wilkins bandwagon. Uh, the only reason Wilkins put up the numbers he did last week was Taylor was kind of hurt and, um, he wasn't able to push off that much into his runs. Yeah. Um, He looked slow. He looked slow last week against the Lions. Like really slow. He looked way off and players are going to have games like that. Uh, I'm not, uh, jumping on the Wilkins bandwagon. Um, another guy is Singletary. I don't know if he lost his job yet to Zach Moss, but it's bound to happen very soon if it ha- didn't happen already. And uh, the third one, uh, big name, Zeke. I yep. never thought I would ever tell people to sit Zeke. Uh, he's going against Pittsburgh. Um, a quarterback is starting. I think they just announced what quarterback is starting. Yeah, but, Gilbert. Um, this is the time to trade Zeke Elliott. Trade Zeke Elliott right now. Get the value you can for him because the rest of the year, he's not going to put up the numbers you drafted him for. 
trade Zeke yep. now. Now, in terms of wide receivers, who are your top three? I'm going to go Will Fuller going against the Jags. I think Watson's going to go off. Um, I think uh, Houston, even as bad as they are this year, um, I think they're going to take advantage of the uh, Jaguars QB situation, and Watson's going to go off for over 300 yards, and Fuller's going to be a big part of that. Um, I'm also going to go with uh, A.J. Brown versus Chicago. Um, he only played in four and a half games this year, and A.J. Brown's a stud. He's also, he's like a, uh, I would hate to say mini-me, because he's a gigantic receiver too, to D.K. Metcalf, but A.J. Brown's a stud. Uh, Tannehill targets him a bunch. Um, I'd give A.J. Brown a start versus the Bears this week. And lastly, with my third wide receiver, uh, Sterling Shepard versus Washington. Um, he's leading in targets for the Giants. Daniel Jones loves him. And uh, I'm a Washington fan, so uh, uh, it's hard for me to say this, but I believe Sterling Shepard is going to get in the end zone this week. Okay. All right. Uh, who are you looking to avoid? Um, every Dallas wide receiver. Uh, that, that team, I'm avoiding that team all whatsoever. There's no one on that team that I would play. Um, Pittsburgh is going to literally own that game and control it. I don't trust any of those wide, receive, uh, wide receivers. It's hard um, to. I mean, you have an unknown factor coming in at quarterback. You know, it's hard to trust. I completely agree with you. 100%. Um, Devontae Parker versus the Cardinals. Uh, Parker has six receptions in the last three games. Um, he shouldn't even be starting for you. Leave him on the bench because he does have the upside, but he's not performing at all. <clears throat> and uh, even though I, I put a big name for running backs, I figured I'd put a big name for wide receivers. Uh, um, you got to start him because of who he is, but uh, don't be shocked if Mike Thomas has a bad game uh, versus the Bucks. The Bucks have a good secondary. Um, they know that uh, Mike Thomas is going to be targeted by Drew Brees, but um, I think it's going to be more of a Kamara game than a Mike Thomas game. Okay. All right. What about tight ends? Who are your three tight ends? Uh, my tight ends? I'm going to go <clears throat> Hawkinson versus Minnesota. You have no uh, Galladay. Um, Hawkinson is leading the team with targets. So uh, I think he's a safe bet this week. Um, Logan Thomas has been a surprise this year at tight end. I know it's a uh, scarce uh, position for fantasy. But um, Logan Thomas, other than... Scary Terry um, is a goal line threat, red zone threat. Um, I would like Logan Thomas against the Giants this week. And as we were talking about Drew Locke, how much we like Drew Locke this year, um, Noah Fant versus Atlanta. I think um, Noah Fant will spread to get in the middle of the field. And um, he's been targeted 16 times in the last two weeks. So he uh, should be getting the ball. And then is there any tight ends you are looking to avoid? We mentioned uh, Jacecki, uh, drop him. Uh, <laughs> Robert Tonian, I, I mentioned when we were on the podcast last time. Um, now that Devontae Adams is back and uh, basically Aaron Rodgers just looks at Devontae Adams, <clears throat> Robert Tonian, should, I know he played on Thursday night. Um, he's droppable. Also, the third one is a guy who's actually playing, uh, Eric Ebron. Uh, no love for Ebronics, man? I, I, I don't have uh, a big week for Ebron this week because, like I said, I think Pittsburgh is going to um, run the ball a lot and the defense is going to control this game. Even though I said Roethlisberger is going to put up two touchdowns and 250 yards, but that's going to go to Deon um, my God, Deontay, Johnson, my <clears throat> Deontay Johnson and um, Claypool with Juju Smith. I think Ebron's going to be quiet this week. Okay, all right. Now, in terms of defense, I have a defense circle this week that I'm doing backflips, and I'm going to be starting in the majority of my DFS lineups. What are your top three defenses? Well, I'm, one of these three are going to be your pick, So, but, I mean, it's going to be hard to see which one. But um, you tell me if I'm right. The first defense, not, not in a specific order. Uh, first defense, I have Washington versus the New York Giants. Even though I, the Giants have a shot of winning this game, um, obviously, but even if the Giants win, um, Daniel Jones has turnovers every single game, and that defensive line the Redskins have are going to sack Daniel Jones at least three to four times. So they're going to have the Giants um, around 21 points against with uh, four sacks and an interception. So I would like Washington this week. 
Houston versus um, the Jaguars. Um, take the shot at J.J. Watt um, making the new Jaguars quarterback miserable, life miserable. Um, he's a sixth-round QB um, without training camp. How much experience does he have with his team? And uh, we'll see what they got there. And uh, last but not least, uh, the Patriots versus the Jets. Uh, I don't even know if the Jets scored a touchdown this year. That's how bad they are. So yeah, they're pretty bad. Any, any defense versus the Jets, you're pretty safe. Well, my defense that I have circled this week that I'm going to put in every single lineup is the Arizona Cardinals. Oh. I think, like, for me, I've been seeing this since, oh, my God, the beginning of the year, back in January. Tua is the most overhyped prospect in the world. He has many mechanical flaws. And also, I don't know how you spend your election night, but I rewatched the Dolphins and Rams game. He only looked to the left side of the field. And now that Cardinals are coming off a bye, I think the Cardinals are totally going to eat up Tua, especially behind that, that offensive line, which I think is a little, a little inexperienced. That's- that's a great point, my man. I, I, I got to look into that for sure. I, I didn't know about Tua that much. I, I actually um, I fell for that hype. Um, I saw him on Alabama, but of course the Alabama teams are amazing. Um, and I, when he got injured and all, but I did fall for that hype. I didn't look too into his career in college. Um, I just go by what I read and see. But mm-hmm. uh, no, that's, that's good to look into for sure. What is there any defense you're avoiding? Um, the Saints versus Bucks. Uh, you can sit the Saints. Um, Saints defense versus the Buccaneers, and the uh, Colts defense have been very good this year. But um, I think uh, it's they're gonna have a tough battle versus the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are a tough. They're tough. All right. So now I posted on my Instagram. Start sit. Thank you to everyone that message and message me. I have them right here. Scotty and I are going to blow through them. So Let's this is it. starter sit. First one, Emmanuel Sanders or Tim Patrick? If Tim Patrick's healthy, I'm going with Tim Patrick. Because uh, Sanders, when he plays with Mike Thomas, uh, he gets uh, minimal targets. That's my reasoning. You might think different. No, I totally I agree that. with you. I got I got Patrick ahead of him. I mean, against the Atlanta defense, I mean, I think my fat ass could put up 5 for 75. <laughs> uh, next one, we're going to go to the quarterback position. Drew Locke against Matt Stafford, assuming Stafford starts. Yeah, you, you answered me. I, I was questioning when um, I was first given this. I wasn't sure about uh, Stafford's status. I actually wrote uh, Locke over Stafford. Uh, him without Galladay. I know that he's going to try to force things to uh, Hawkinson, but that, that's a good one, man. That's a tough choice, but I'll lean towards uh, Drew Locke. It's it's tough just because both both secondaries are bad. And Minnesota is going to be without three of them. They're going to be without three starting pieces in the secondary. I have them basically projected at the same point. So, I mean, if you got those, I'd just basically say it's a coin flip. That, that's that's exactly right. I don't want to feel like that is a coin flip. I'm just leaning on Locke because I I have I just mentioned Tim Patrick and I mentioned that Noah Fant was going to be good this week. So if you add those together, I got Locke. Justin Herbert or Cam Newton. Herbert. Herbert is uh, a st- number one quarterback. You you lock him in as your quarterback. I agree completely. DeAndre Swift or Justin Jackson? Eric, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm passing the baton to you here. This is a very good one. Um, this is close call. Um, I, I need your opinion on how you feel Swift's going to do this week. Uh, I, I think they're close. Um, I, I look at it like this. I think Swift's touches have been slowly increasing after the bye. Peterson's have been slowly decreasing. But the one thing that worries me is this is a revenge game for Adrian Peterson, that they are next to the goal line, that Peterson will get the carry, not Swift. So are we agreeing on Justin Jackson? I, I agree with you. I think Justin. I think it's Justin Jackson. I think the Chargers are playing for Lynn's job, and I think they're going to rock the Raiders this week. So I agree. I think it's going to be Justin Jackson. I love Lynn, by the way. I I like him, but I think he needs to go. I think this team has just underperformed so many years that it's just time for a different voice. Gotcha. Now, obviously, in my the way I look at stuff with the news, with the 
Seattle's backfield. This one seems to me a no-brainer. DJ Dallas or Wayne Gelman? Um, I, I think DJ Dallas is getting the start this week. Yep. And if uh, that, he is So he's going to get the ball 20 times. And uh, Gallman is going against the Redskins' defensive line. I don't have much to brag about with Washington, but their D line is He's legit. Great. So uh, you go with DJ Dallas. Rex Burkhead or Adrian Peterson? That's a, it's a coin flip for me. Um, I, I would lean towards Adrian Peterson because of what you said uh, prior. Um, he, he's going to try to get in that end zone to uh, dig it in a little bit. Yeah. Jordan Wilkes or Jonathan Taylor? Uh, you mean uh, Wilkins? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Taylor's healthy, Jonathan Taylor. I'm not falling for the uh, Wilkins uh, big game last week. He's talented, but Jonathan Taylor is more talented. So if Jonathan Taylor is healthy, go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, they also have Hines. So, but I'm leaning towards Taylor if he's healthy. Cole Beasley or Denzel Mims? Go up to the Monday night game with Mims. Take your shot with Mims. I think they're going to put up similar numbers. I mean, um, the easy pick might be Cole Beasley here, but um, I'm giving the fact that um, you put Mims in, you have a guy on Monday night to go. If you're down a couple points, you could root for Mims. Yeah. Michael Pittman or Demir Bird? Like I said with Cam Newton, there's a lot of question marks with uh, New England Patriots uh, receivers. Um, so I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. The guy's a big body receiver. Um, I have a thing for them. Um, so if Rivers is going to put up any numbers, throw up some Hail Marys to Pittman. Justin Herbert or Josh Allen? Oh, my God. Uh, Josh, I think Josh Allen's going to have a good week this year, uh, this week. But uh, Herbert's my man, dude. You got to keep Herbert in. He's he's lighting up the scoreboard. Now this person, I, I do think Josh Allen is going to have a very good week, um, but I'm I'm hanging on to Herbert in my QB one slot. Now this person said, pick two of the three: Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, DJ Shark. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks, and oh my God, that quarterback, the question mark on the Jags. Um. I'm going Brandon Cooks and DJ Shark. See, I went Johnson and Shark. Did I just you? because you my my thing is is I think I don't think the Texans game is going to be that close, and I think they're going to abandon the pass pretty like sooner rather than later. I just think I Shark will get more opportunities. But looking at my player projections, I got Shark projected at fourteen. Johnson at 13, Brandon Cooks at 12. So there's not a big discrepancy. Uh, yeah, I th- um, yeah, you see, Houston is, is shaky. But I, I think uh, Watson's going to put up some numbers, and um, I, I understand your point of view. Um, I don't know if they're going to blow them out that quickly. Jaguars have shocked me, even in my suicide pool in the first week. I thought the Colts were going to blow them out, and the Jags actually won. So um, I don't think the Texans' defense is that good. But we'll see what this question mark at quarterback for the Jags does. But uh, I, that's a good, good, you know. Scotty, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time away from your day and your kid's birthday. I mean, the big question is what I'm dying to know is what is the cake situation for this evening? The cake situation, we're going with the ice cream cake. Very nice and simple. Go with the chocolate ice cream with a little crunch in the middle. Oh, my God. Because I'll tell you what. I am, granted, like, I go on these diets, and I cycle on, cycle off, and I'm currently on one of these diets. Intermittent fasting fucking sucks, but if the girlfriend does it, that means you're tied into doing it. And I would love a piece of cake. So I am a pure cake guy to the fullest. So enjoy one of those for me. I might might still be stealing some of my kids' Halloween candy and um, going with the cigar. I'm not much of a dessert person, which is shaky. So, But I will go with the chocolates, and uh, I will smoke a cigar tonight. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Definitely looking forward to having you on here again, my man. Sounds awesome, Eric. Thanks for having me, my man. And if everybody could please give me a follow, that would be great. That's at Fantasy Football Wishlist on Instagram. Yeah, make sure you guys follow Scotty. He is a great follow. That's it for today's podcast. 
Thanks for Scotty for coming on. Thanks for you guys for listening. If you could leave a review, leave a, ra- a five-star rating or whatever, that'd be great, guys. Appreciate all the support. Thank you for everyone that sent in your fantasy football ranking for questions, starter sick. Maybe that's something how it's perceived by you guys. I'll look to do a little bit more in the future. We have a huge day of sports. Me and my boys are currently grinding out Liberty at a juicy money line. I think like plus 560-something and at plus 16. Well, yeah, plus 16, plus 15. Up by 8 in the 4th. Looking for a little Northwestern late second magic to get inside that number. Over at Evanston. And grinding through the Breeders' Cup. Just waiting to catch that big one. Be safe. Stay well. I'll be back on Monday. Have a good weekend, guys.